You are listening to Books Are My People, a podcast for book lovers with bookish news, recommendations, and ruminations on living a literary life in Los Angeles. This is episode 97, and I'm recording on Friday, February 25th, 2023. If I sound exhausted, it's because I am. It feels like my entire world has shifted since my last podcast. We went to Vacaville for my son's hockey tournament, boarded our dogs, our 21-month-old for the first time, and on her first walk the next morning, the dog walker failed to put her in her harness and instead walked her using a collar, and she slipped out and has been missing ever since. This happened in Santa Monica, if there are any locals listening. She's a skittish dog and won't approach people, but we've been doing everything we can to find her, and I mean everything. Hound dogs, multiple pet psychics, a pet tracker, wildlife cameras, flyers, posters, just everything we can think of to do. Um, And people have given us a lot of great suggestions, which we have also added, but it does not help that we're in the middle of this crazy weather situation in Los Angeles that involves some snow. She is microchipped, but otherwise naked as she slipped out of her collar. It's been two weeks that she's been gone and we're all just so heartbroken and defeated. And I'm holding on tightly to people's stories that they're sharing about their dogs coming back after being gone for weeks or months or longer. I'm not giving up hope, but in the meantime, I'm definitely exhausted and distracted and sleeping on the dining room floor by our back door. So I'm all ready in case she shows up in the middle of the night. It's totally crazy making. And I do not wish this kind of stress on anyone, but I have to press forward with the things that I can do in my life. And I love books. So talking about books and reading books when I can concentrate enough is comforting. Have you signed up for my weekly bookish newsletter? If so, are you enjoying all the extra titles? If you haven't, you should. I'll leave a link in the show notes, or you can go to my link tree on my Instagram to get even more book releases delivered to your mailbox each week. I'm at Jennifer Caloyeris on Instagram, or you can find me at Books Are My People on Instagram. And once a month, my husband even recommends a book, which means that his recommendation is coming out tomorrow. Sometimes I even give a preview of who is going to be coming on the show next so you can read the book before you hear the author talk about their book. And now it's time for some bookish news. Today I'm sticking with some book to screen news. According to The Hollywood Reporter, Ripley, a series based on Patricia Highsmith's Ripley novels, will air on Netflix starring Andrew Scott. Sounds like it's following the book's plotline and also stars Dakota Fanning as Marge Sherwood. Those of us old enough will remember her as the Gwyneth Paltrow role. I never read those books, but I did love that movie, so I would watch this. And I actually hadn't even realized that there were multiple books in the series. I thought it was a one-off. Trevor Noah is developing a series based on Chiesi Lehman's coming-of-age novel, Long Division, which was a fantastic book originally published in 2021 that uses dueling timelines, both taking place in Mississippi, one thread in 2013, and the other, a story within a story, taking place in 1985. I'm also looking forward to this one. And in my last bit of film news, Nicole Kidman will star in The Perfect Nanny, based on Leila Samani's novel with the same title. 
I read this novel as well before I started producing this podcast, I believe, and it's about a couple in Manhattan who hire a nanny to care for their two children, and the relationship crosses a line into something inappropriate, codependent, and sinister. I'll leave a link to all these books discussed in the show notes. If you haven't yet, I would love it if you could leave my podcast a starred review wherever you listen. It helps other people find out about my podcast, and I haven't had a review in a long time, and I would love it if you could give me one. Before we get to today's guest, we have a guest author recommendation. Today's guest recommendation comes from Jai Chakrabarty, whose story collection, A Small Sacrifice for an Enormous Happiness, was published last week. Jai won the 2021 National Jewish Book Award for A Play at the End of the World. A Small Sacrifice for an Enormous Happiness is made up of 14 stories that explore family, borders, religion, and race. In one story, a closeted gay man in 1980s Kolkata seeks to have a child with his lover's wife. An Indian widow engaged to a Jewish man struggles to balance her cultural identity with the rituals and traditions of her newfound family. An American musician travels to see his guru for the final time and makes a promise he cannot keep. A young woman from an Indian village arrives in Brooklyn to care for the toddler of a biracial couple and a mystical agent is sent by a mother to solve her son's domestic problems. These stories explore men and women struggling with transformation and familial bonds. They traverse the intersections of countries and cultures to illuminate what it means to live in uncertain times. And without further ado, here is Jai's book recommendation. Hi, this is Jai Chakrabarty, and I'm recommending Mia Alvar's collection, In the Country, with... In the country, Mia Alvar understands home isn't a singular place, but rather a constellation that we carry with us. The conflicts in these stories, for instance, in the first story, where a young pharmacist returns to the Philippines to visit his sick, dying father, and his mother, who may have dark motives, explore moral ambiguities. They defy easy categorizations and allow readers to empathize with characters whose actions might be described as more ethically gray than good. This is something I love about the story form. The speed at which we're thrown into the woods, as it were, kept away from any sure-footedness about what's wrong or right. Mia Alvar does this beautifully again and again with her collection. And once again, that book is titled in the country. Thank you, Jai. And as a bonus to listeners, I will link up the short story Prodigal Son from the collection in the show notes so you can get a preview. I will also leave a link to purchase A Small Sacrifice for an Enormous Happiness in the show notes. And now it's time for this week's guest. Priya Guns is an actor and writer previously published in short story anthologies, Gall Dem, Spring Magazine, and anonymously in The Guardian. She is a creative writing graduate from Kingston University. Your Driver is Waiting is her debut novel, and it comes out tomorrow. So welcome, Priya, to the show. Thank you so much for having me. So most guests are calling in from the West Coast, maybe some from the East Coast, middle of the country, but where are you calling in from today? I am actually calling from Amman, Jordan. What's your connection to Jordan? Um, I was here last year. My partner was working here and I've lived in the Middle East um, for most of my adult life. When I was, I was a teacher, I taught geography and I taught capoeira in the region. How do you enjoy living there? Um, I really like it here. 
Um, I mean, there's a good balance of both worlds. Um, yeah, I'm enjoying it. I'm currently obsessing over all the birds here. But yeah. <laughs> so tell us about your novel, Your Driver is Waiting. Okay, so Your Driver is Waiting is about a rideshare driver named Domini. Um, whenever anyone asks this question, I'm like, oh my God, where do I even start? It's about so much. Um, if you can imagine the state of the world right now, um, I mean, people are out protesting um, about everything, rightly so. But at the same time, you have this driver who's not being paid enough. She's recently lost her father. She's had to move back in um, to a basement with her mom to take care of her. Things just aren't really going her way. Um, and of course, she's wait- working for an exploitative rideshare company um, that aren't paying her enough, as I've said. Uh, she doesn't know how to actually get involved to make her situation better, or she's unsure about it, despite the fact that some of her friends kind of had some ideas. Anyways, one day she meets this woman, and she is a wealthy um, white woman. It's not so much because of the fact that she's white, but more so because of her class being wealthy, that she is apprehensive to begin a relationship, but she does um, thinking and hoping that, you know what, things might change for her. But of course, that is not the case. Um, and then you go through a whole whirlwind of emotions with her. After reading this book, it, you're absolutely right. There, This book is so rich and full of so many different things to discuss. There's so much to dig in here. I'm curious what the impetus was for writing the novel. And of course, I have to ask if you've ever been a rideshare driver. <laughs> do you know what i don't have a valid driver's license nope. <laughs> i can operate a car and i do drive um don't tell anyone but i do um not very well perhaps but while writing so i started planning this novel. there's a whole there's a long story to this but just to keep it short in 2020 i started planning this novel and it was after writing two manuscripts that just weren't successful um i had an agent at the time and he was like you know what priya i don't i don't know about this anymore and he kind of broke up with me so with everything that was going on in 2020 i was just like you know what i want to write something fun let me try a thriller not that i think your driver is waiting is a thriller but i was thinking about thrillers and the beats and thrillers and whatnot um i wanted to write about obsession. I wanted to write about um, a woman, a white woman and a Tamil woman. Um, this was after reading Franz Fanon, Black Skin, White Mask. Um, and looking at the chapters, he kind of omitted, or I thought he could have looked at things a bit differently theoretically, but that's another subject altogether. Um, and then with everything that was going on in 2020 and feeling all of this rage, I was very angry and I've been quite angry about a lot of things. Thanks to my book money, I've started therapy and I've learned all these things about myself. Um, but I wanted to write something that dealt with our current times and the moments of 2020, but also what we're seeing right now, but do that in a way that would be accessible to write about politics and not feel like you're reading something didactic or polemic or something preachy. Um, I wanted to kind of play with the, that and see if that was even possible. Um, I like the idea of making people laugh. So, I mean, these were all the, I mean, yeah. And I was thinking about taxi driver. Um, yeah, there's so much behind this question, but ultimately I wanted to write something that, yeah, you can pick a chapter or pick different moments and say, wow, okay, so what is this about? Let's unpack this. And what does this ultimately mean in the grand scheme of things? 
Absolutely. The chapters are written, I would say, in in vignettes, some as short as one sentence long. Did you set out to write a satire, dark comedy, or was that the form you sort of found as the novel took shape? Or would you even would you even categorize your novel as a satire, dark comedy? This is an interesting question because after I've written the novel, after I wrote it, the last note that one of my editors wrote was Priya. This is a brilliant satire. And I remember thinking, oh my God, I just wrote a satire. Like, that's fucking awesome. I love <laughs> satires. Like, I had no idea that's what I was doing. In terms of writing a dark comedy, I didn't set out and I didn't, I didn't think, oh yeah, you know what? This is going to be dark. This is going to be funny. Um, yeah, I wanted it to be humorous, but I think naturally my humor is a bit dark because a lot of shitty things have happened to me. Um, and the best way to kind of deal with all of that sometimes is, you know, you have to laugh. Yeah, I am I am on team dark comedy as well. It's a coping mechanism, right? <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, sure, there's lots of crying involved too, but on those moments when you're just like, you know what, I don't, I need to like, I don't want wrinkles too soon. Um, let's just laugh. <laughs> laugh lines are beautiful. There is this feeling of omnipresent threat in Domini's life from physical threats, she's a woman of color giving people rides at night, to ideological threats. Can you speak to the concept that danger plays in the novel? Um, of course. So danger or the subject of danger is something that I've thought about a lot. I think this comes from being Tamil from Sri Lanka. And, you know, when I was a baby, my parents, they fled the war and we moved to Toronto. Um, and the politics behind all of that, who is dangerous and how do we define this? Um, systems of power ultimately are dangerous. The state in itself is dangerous. And I think the novel explores how this is the case. Um, for example, like the first chapter, like you mentioned, Domini talks about her breast. She talks about being a woman and what that means as a driver. Um, she lost her father because he over he worked a lot. He worked overtime, which her mom is ill. So I kind of wanted to have people or not. I wanted to explore the theme of danger through these different tragedies in terms of why is it that these people are going through these things? Um, always thinking about the root coming from a system of power, at least from my perspective personally. And then it was important for me to also give Domini agency and possibly, potentially, not giving any spoilers away, becoming dangerous. Um, and even if that if that were to be the case, and it, if it were to be something that she had done that would deem her quite flawed, um, what would the outcome be? How would that be reconciled? And for me, thinking about people, um, people around her. And again, I'm trying to be as ambiguous as possible, not wanting to give <laughs> spoilers away. Um, but yeah, it was something that I really thought about. Um, and I don't know if uh, I will find out based on what readers have to say, if I've nailed that or not. But um, I think the exploration of the, on the subject of danger, it, it fascinates me. Me as well. That's that's what I was thinking at the forefront while I was reading. And I don't think you're giving away any spoilers, because if I'm remembering this correctly, the first line, she refers to the fact that she needs to keep a weapon in the car because she's driving at night. So foreshadow, perhaps? We don't know. You'll have to read it and see. And my final question is, what are you working on next? Um, outside of sketching all of these birds, <laughs> I was working on a screenplay. I kind of put that in the drawer for now. I am, I have started thinking about my second novel and I will be working on that as soon as possible. 
Um, but I'm trying to keep my creative juice. My creative energy just needs to be um, expressed in whatever way possible right now while I'm waiting before publication date. So I'm doing um, little things for myself and dabbing into other mediums that I've neglected while writing. As I was reading the novel, I kept thinking about how it's a perfect foil to the TV series Super Pumped, The Battle for Uber. Have you seen that show? I started, I think I watched like 10 or 15 minutes of the first episode. Who does it star again? What's his name? Oh, he has three names and I can't remember any of them. Oh, no. uh, Gordon Levitt. Uh, Okay. Joseph Gordon Levitt. Okay. I started watching like 10 or 15 minutes of it and I was like, oh my God, this man is terrible. He's terrible. And it's all about his terribleness and how he takes advantage of you know, the drivers and anyone below him in that hierarchy. And and your novel is just such a perfect foil because it's talking about all the people that are erased through his narrative. Exactly. Exactly. I, I volunteer. Um, I wish I could do more, but I volunteer for a, um, a union that work with drivers. And I was telling um, one of the guys there about this show. I was like, did you watch it? And he's like, oh, my God, no. Like, I can't even. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. Well, thank you for answering all my questions about Your Driver is Waiting, and now it's time to move on to the books. So, Priya, what is your first pick? I highly recommend Mina Kandasamy's Exquisite Cadavers, which is a novella, and I would say it's kind of a response to her second novel, which is titled When I Hit You, Um, and I, I would say it's a response in the sense that critics read her novel more as a memoir as opposed to it being fiction even though it is slightly related to her own experiences it's completely separate um and by her experiences i mean her experiences escaping an abusive marriage um her character is a character completely fictionalized and so exquisite cadavers what she does and i mean she does this so beautifully in terms of how experimental it is she uses the margins um with her voice as an author to show what it was she was thinking about while she actually wrote the text. So you can find different ways of reading this. You can either read the margins first or read the text and then read the margins or read the whole book and then go back and read the margins. But either way or however which you choose to do that, it's an incredible read. The way that Mina writes just anything is just so eloquent. Um, It makes you want to kind of put the book down and write for yourself. Like she's just that inspiring as a writer. So Exquisite Cadavers by Mina Kandasamy. My first pick is End Papers by Jennifer Saverin Kelly. And this came out on February 7th. This novel is about Dawn, a genderqueer bookbinder repairing old books at the Metropolitan Museum of Art. She lives in Brooklyn with her partner, Lucas, who is eager to experiment with makeup with within the safe confines of his home, but not in public. When Dawn finds a love letter in a book she's repairing, she becomes fixated on learning about who authored it. Was the writer of the letter queer, trans? Dawn's relationship with Lucas is in flux. They're trying to figure out how they're going to define the parameters of their relationship and how they will do this when they're still figuring out who they are as individuals. And in six short weeks, Dawn will have her art gallery debut. The story is told with post 9-11 and the Iraq war looming in the background and explores issues of gender, identity, hate crimes, art, and creativity. 
it's a moving and timely story. And this is one of my favorite quotes from the book. I don't usually quote books, but this sums up Dawn's internal struggle. I've been trying to find out what can happen, what I can make, if I forget everything the world wants to see when it looks at me. So again, that is End Papers by Jennifer Savarin Kelly. And thank you to Algonquin for the advanced review copy. My next pick is Beauty is a Wound by an Indonesian writer named Eko Kurniawan. And I just love the books that I've read. I think there's three that are translated in English and they all sort of make me feel so much even after I've read the, the text. So this I've read a couple of years ago. Um, so I hope I don't butcher this plot too much, but it is a satire. Um, it kind of, it's historical in a lot of ways as well. It deals with a family tragedy, um, touching on some legends and myths. It follows mainly, I believe, a an Indonesian sex worker named Dewi, um, but there's other characters in the mix as well. It's quite a thick book, but it's one of those books that you don't even realize that it's about 500 pages or so. Um, I remember feeling so connected to the characters. Um, Eka does a very good job of dealing with, again, heavy subjects, but with such a light hand. And you can't help but laugh and think for yourself about, um, I mean, wonder how he manages to do that. He, I think, um, is quite brilliant, I would say, in um, magical realism. I think he's been compared, if I'm not mistaken, to um, Gabriel Garcia Marquez. So, I mean, he's definitely an author that I don't think people talk much about. So I wanted to share this title, Beauty is a Wound by Eka Kurniawan. My second pick is a backlist title and it came out last May. It's called Yerba Buena by Nina LaCour. I really enjoyed this young adult novel, but anyone of any age can enjoy it, about a 16 year old named Sarah who runs away after tragedy strikes and she finds herself living in Los Angeles. I connected with this book right from the start because it begins in an area of Northern California that I happen to be very familiar with. LaCour is a master of writing settings with a verisimilitude. This is a beautifully rendered look at what it means to raise yourself when the adults around you have failed you. Sarah matures into a successful bartender and across town, Emily feels detached from her Creole roots, and she's hired as a flower arranger at a fancy restaurant where she becomes intimate with floral centerpieces, as well as the married owner of the restaurant. And the book really looks at how these two women intersect. That's what's at the heart of this engaging story about love and comfort. And thank you to NetGalley and Flatiron for the advanced review copy. And again, that is Yerba Buena by Nina LaCour. What is your next pick? Okay, so this is another short novel. And I remember, so it's called A Cup of Rage by Raduan Nasser. And the entire novella is one sentence long. Um, <laughs> I think it was nominated for the International Booker Prize. Um, and it's about a couple um, having an argument and it starts with them. I believe they're like having coffee or, you know, eating at the on the patio. And for some reason, I remember there being ants. The, the books that I'm recommending today are books that visually, like I, I can see them in my mind. I remember seeing ants and it was, it's a hot summer day in Brazil. Um, 
And just the fact that anyone, I mean, I've tried to do it, it can write something in one sentence and you can follow it as a reader with all the beats and all the rhythms. Um, I think that's incredible. So yes, I highly recommend Radwan Nasser's Cup of Rage. Up next for me is Letters to a Writer of Color, which is an anthology of 13 essays by writers of color edited by Deepa Anapara and Tamor Somru. What are you going to be reading next? I am actually reading a few books right now, but what I started today is a book called Bored Gay Werewolf. <laughs> it is an advanced cop- reader copy. Um, I'm about 11, 12 pages in, but I'm very intrigued. Where can people find you on social media? Um, I am mostly on Instagram, Priya.guns. I think that's my handle. Sometimes I'm on Twitter. Um, but yeah, I feel most comfortable on Instagram because I like pictures. I like pictures as well. I am very visual. I don't take a ton of ride chairs, but I will forever think of Domini when I do. Everyone listening... Don't forget to pick up a copy of Your Driver is Waiting by Priya Guns, and I have linked up to Priya's novel, as well as all the other books we've talked about in the show notes section of the podcast. As always, I'm most active on Instagram at Jennifer Calagaris, or search for Books Are My People, and it will lead you to me. I'll be back March 13th, and until then, I hope you all have a wonderfully bookish week.